Circa this time last week, if invited to conjure a hypothetical scenario likeliest to prompt responses in Western capitals along the spectrum of exasperation from irritable sighs of not now lads, we're a bit busy, to despondent banging of heads on desks, one might have come up with something like the following. Politically motivated upheaval in the largely ethnically Serb provinces of northern Kosovo. Clashes between Serb protesters and Kosovar security forces. The intervention and injury of foreign peacekeepers. Serbia's military placed on high alert and Serbian formations ordered to the Kosovo border. Circa this time this week, exactly this mess has landed in key EU, US and NATO inboxes with a resonant splat. In clashes in the ethnically Serb enclaves of northern Kosovo earlier this week, at least 25 Italian and Hungarian soldiers serving in Kosovo with the NATO peacekeeping mission K4 were injured, several seriously. Serbian sources say that 52 Serb civilians were hurt. The proximate cause is attempts by Kosovo police to forcibly install four new mayors, elected in April in Kosovo municipalities where most of the population are ethnic Serbs and who mostly refuse to vote. First, I don't even acknowledge these elections. Second, I wish that Serbs had never voted in these elections in the past. Turnout was circa 3.5%, and most of that was ethnic Albanians who voted for ethnic Albanian mayors. And while you can only count the votes cast, the results were not an emphatic mandate. Zvetsan, where the worst of the violence took place, is a town of perhaps 17 or 18,000 people. Zvetsan's new mayor was elected with 114 votes. Any background to this fracas could go on for some while, but in due recognition that nobody has all day, this explainer will limit the historical perspective to the last six centuries or so. In 1389, the armies of the Serbian Prince Lazar and the Ottoman commander Murad fought a terrible battle on Kosovo field, during which both leaders perished along with much of their commands. Ever since, Kosovo has occupied a central place in Serb mythology, as we have been reminded this week by a characteristically helpful intervention by Serbian tennisist Novak Djokovic, who signed a camera lens at the French Open with the statement, Kosovo is the heart of Serbia, stop the violence, perhaps not pausing to consider that his endorsement of the first clause makes observance of the second clause significantly less likely. I'm not a politician and I don't intend to engage in political debates. It's a very sensitive topic and naturally it's very painful for me as a Serb to see what's happening in Kosovo and the way our people are practically being driven out from the municipalities. Kosovo has certainly been a favourite theme of Serbian nationalists seeking to reinforce Serbia's much-cherished and fondly burnished idea of itself as a plucky, put-upon country forever in peril of predation. 
A key landmark on Yugoslavia's path to bloody disintegration was the 1989 speech at the Gazimestan monument on Kosovo Field by Serbia's then-president Slobodan Milosevic. Commemorating the 600th anniversary of Prince Lazar's last stand and formally inaugurating his own peculiar creed of menace laced with self-pity. When one looks at this speech, the second sentence was really the one that caught the eye of so many people. And that second sentence said, six centuries later now we are again being engaged in battles and are facing battles. They are not armed battles, and this is the key part, but these things cannot be excluded yet. For much of modern history, Kosovo has been formally part of Serbia, even during the decades when Serbia was itself part of Yugoslavia. This arrangement was never much liked by most of Kosovo's people, who are mostly ethnically Albanian, Albanian-speaking, and nominally Muslim. As Yugoslavia broke up in the 1990s, the status quo grew less tenable. A militia was raised, the Kosovo Liberation Army. The responses of President Milosevic's regime in Belgrade grew even more brutal. Well, uh, I believe that uh, when aggression stopped, when bombing stopped, then it will be very easy to continue political process. But taking into account experience from Rambouillet in Paris, it is so clear that negotiations have to be direct. In 1999, NATO intervened, effectively acting as the KLA's air force. In 2008, Kosovo declared independence from Serbia. Its prime minister by then was former KLA commander Hashim Thaci, once praised not least by himself as the George Washington of the Western Balkans, he is presently awaiting trial in The Hague. Slightly over half the United Nations now recognizes Kosovo, Serbia very much not among them. In the time since, various proposals for grudging coexistence have been suggested, most recently an EU-sponsored deal in which it was vaguely agreed that in exchange for some sort of autonomy for Serb regions in Kosovo, Serbia would quit being difficult about Kosovo joining international organizations, which is kind of where we came in. With Ukraine, the European Union is giving an excellent message that this is a geostrategic process and that the membership of each country should be seen from that front and from that lens as well. The mayoral elections which occasioned the recent stramash became necessary following November's resignation of the previous four mayors, among other officials, of those four municipalities in a row centred on license plates. Kosovo was insisting that all cars within Kosovo should have Kosovar plates rather than Serb ones. So in April, new local elections in those four municipalities in the north of Kosovo, Leposavic, Zubin Potok, Zvetsan and North Mitrovica, took place. Local Serb parties called for a boycott, which was by and large observed. Kosovo claims that this was incited largely from Belgrade, which is probably not inaccurate, but is not going to make anyone any more enthused about the imposition of barely elected mayors. As it stands, Serbia, which never needs inviting twice to a hearty helping of nationalist grievance, has a juicy new bone to chew on. Kosovo is getting yelled at unusually publicly, and doubtless privately, by usually supportive voices from the EU and the US, and more NATO troops are on the way. 
About a month ago at the Delphi Economic Forum, I suggested to Kosovo's Prime Minister, Albin Kurti, that these mayoral mandates were perhaps other than convincing. This is what he said. There has been a very aggressive campaign by official Belgrade and the media that they uh, control against participation elections in the northern municipalities of Kosovo. However, we did postpone elections in December last year. It was illogical to postpone them again because that would be to no avail. We acknowledge that we had a very low turnout and we have four new mayors now in four northern municipalities. Two of them come from my party. But uh, we all recognize that these are not mayors with big M, mm. rather with a small M, who are there to serve people in spite of their background, ethnicity or religion. Mayors with a small M they may be, but this is trouble with a capital T. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Miller.